Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Campaigns to Gold Coast City to experience firsthand the extent to which safety protocols have been stepped up. And I have details in this edition of the Business Journal. The lockdown restrictions have eased and already the devastated hospitality sector is open for business. This is the Labadi Beach Hotel. When you're checking in, remember that things have changed this time now that COVID-19 has struck. Hello, sir. How are you doing? Very good, sir. So he, he's a valet, and the first thing that he prompts me to do is to use the hand sanitizer. This is a must. Let's not get into the lobby now, where the first thing that greets you is the electronic notice board, which, of course, isn't about the services, but about COVID-19. Safety tips. You'd have to wear a mask. It is a mask here at this hotel. All these in place to ensure the safety of not just clients, but of course workers here. Cleanliness is keen here. Desktops, doorknobs, and all other services are sanitized every 15 minutes. We clean every 10 minutes, especially anytime a guest comes and goes, we clean. With social distancing protocols in place, Labadi Beach Hotel is cutting down on its setting numbers. Well, Labadi Beach being the institution that it is, health and safety is everything to us. Rene Vincent Ernst is managing director for Labadi Beach Hotel. He tells me much investment has been lost, but they still have no choice than to keep investing in safety protocols. It's been devastating. This year has been a, a terrible year where we were expecting so much. Um, so, But we still managed to uh, reach some compromising with the staff and so forth in the way of uh, reductions in pay. But that's just something we need to, to, to work with. It's a new day, it's a new dawn. Uh, we are going to look at the glass as being half full rather than half empty. 
It's quite an interesting scene here. This is the gallery valve Kempinski. It's currently out of service. We do know that currently there is a ban on the operations of bars across the country. I'm here to experience the new safety protocol put in place by managers. The knobs of these elevators are sanitized before and after a client gets on. As I made it to my room, I noticed something different. My doorknob has been disinfected even before so I settle in. Disinfection going on. Highly cautious of the safety of clients, room services have been cancelled. It's safety first. After checking out, the rooms are sanitized and left for 72 hours. That's three days before the next check-in. Ghana's hospitality sector has been devastated by the scourge of the coronavirus. Millions of cities have been lost, but hoteliers are brave enough for the opportunities ahead. Namesh Nambia is the general manager for the Kempinski Gold Coast City. Sanitizers, uh, disinfectants, uh, masks, uh, uh, these are the new normals. Even as hotels and restaurants open for business, the sector still needs to heal from the deep wounds of the coronavirus. Major hotels are very much confident that with the strict safety protocols and social distancing measures they have in place, safety of clients and that of even their own workers is top-notched. Of course, they're telling us that it's not just about profits, it's also about the health of customers and how far COVID-19 could not disrupt business operations in the short to medium term. I'm Charles Aite for Joy Business. Well, and that wraps up this edition of the Joy Business Report. Just before we leave, the headlines once again. Application deadline for one billion city stimulus package for small businesses extended by six days. Also, some freight forwarders hoist red armbands at the Tema Port in protest over Port Clarence challenges. Unfortunately, we couldn't get our report on the ground, but we shall be keeping an eye there for details in our subsequent bulletins. And as we also heard, uh, ADB boss attributes banks' resilience to COVID-19 to recent regulatory reform. My name is Charles. Enjoy the rest of our programs. As we continue to fight COVID-19 together, EcoBank offers you several ways to stay home, stay safe, and take control of your finances. Use EcoBank Mobile whenever, wherever, with or without an EcoBank account to send money through SMS and email. Also buy airtime, pay bills, and much more from the comfort of your home. For high-value transactions, use our internet banking services. EcoBank QR code enables you to make cashless digital payments when paying for goods and services. Download the EcoBank Mobile about today from the Google Play Store, App Store, or from our Facebook page. Additionally, dial the short code star 770 hash from any phone and start transacting. EcoBank cares. Remember to observe social distancing, wash your hands frequently, and don't touch your face. For further assistance, can we call EcoBank Contact Center on 3225 anytime, any day, toll free. Stay home, stay safe. EcoBank, the Pan-African Bank. Football is back with a bang. Your Superstation Joy 99.7 FM in partnership with DSTV and GoTV are banging hard to bring you the very best of La Liga Live Radio Commentary. Yes, La Liga Live Radio Commentary from the 9th of June until Spain's Elite Division culminates. Llorente, he shoots again and scores again. And on the head kick, it's in for Bale. 
stay glued and not miss a moment as Lionel Messi leads Barcelona's charge for the title. As Sergio Ramos keeps all Madrid's heads focused and battle ready and how Thomas Partey's Atletico wrestles the likes of Sevilla and Real Sociedad for Champions League places. Joy Sports Super Commentary Team led by George Addo Jr. and Gary Alsmith will take you there with passionate game description with massive interactivity. The coverage of La Liga on Joy FM is powered by Joy Sports in partnership with DSTV and Go TV. DSTV, feel every moment. Go TV, live it, love it. Let's go. Hello, I'm Sarah Mulkerns, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the very best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on the locker room on Joy 99.7 FM. Hello, I'm Lee James, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. Hello, I'm Sarah Mulkerns, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the very best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. Live on radio, live online. This is the locker room on Joy 99.7 FM with George Adu Jr. The much-awaited return of the English Premier League set the ball rolling for what's expected to be a thrilling end to the football season. And Manchester City, the champions, led 2-0. But Wolves have just gone at them and now they lead by three goals to two. Not Vardy's day, not Leicester's day. It's 40 feet in their last six in the Premier League. Suddenly, instead of chasing down Liverpool, they're beginning to look over their shoulder at teams that might threaten their place in the top four. What a finish. Harvey Barnes has got his second of the game. That's a terrifically worked goal by Leicester City. And another victory for Sheffield United. These two promoted sides are going in very different directions. Sheffield United onward and upwards. Norwich seemingly back down. Runs up now James Milner and scores! A dramatic moment in Anfield! A dramatic moment in the title race! They continue to set the pace at the top of the Premier League! Aston Villa, Sheffield United, Manchester City, David Luiz and VAR made notable reappearances and we conceded tonight with a Marino Derby. Drops nicely, Rashford shots! Marcus Rashford, Gazaniga couldn't keep it out, too hot to handle, and within the first six minutes, Marcus Rashford fires home, and United lead one nil. Tongan, and the volley at the far post brilliantly kept out by David De Gea. But then the ricochet is fired home by Deli Alley, and just about the first chance that Tottenham have had in the game, Deli Alley with a great finish. And Manchester United peg back 1-1. Jose, here comes Rashford. As cool as you like, he Ooh. sent the goalkeeper the wrong way. And Rashford in such hot form again. He gets one early in the second half after one early in the first half. And United lead again 2-1. United face Spurs. Chelsea play Aston Villa. And Liverpool have local derby business on Messi's side. We have analysis on what to expect at the weekend in England. 
in Spain. The title race is very much on. And we monitor the real strides made by Madrid and Barcelona and keep up with the heat of the Serie A running. Also coming up, we talk about this man. Werner wants his second goal. And what Werner wants, Werner gets. Another brace from Timo Werner. He was just about to go off. Drilled into the top. That was a fine strike. Here's another opportunity. Oh, you went team. Timo Werner makes it two. And Stuttgart. As Werner breaks away with pace and purpose. Away from Dennis Diedmeyer. Adam Sakai. Timo Werner completed his move to Chelsea from RB Leipzig, costing the Blues in the raging of £102.5 million. So, what would Chelsea be getting for the investment? Why did the move to Liverpool never materialise? And how would he fit into Frank Lampard's side? We attempt to answer these questions on the show. If you want to send us a message, we'd love to read them via social media accounts, joy slash 907 on Facebook, on WhatsApp 0244340437, or tweet us at joysportsgh. We'll be in the U.S. to talk about the new look U.S. Open, restrictions, protocols, and assess the willingness of big guns to come along and talk the development story with the world's 100 meters champion in athletics. Time to talk about what the world is talking about in the world of sport. Hello from me, George Adler Jr., and welcome. Can't be left out. Maurizio Sarri's Juventus, marshaled by Cristiano Ronaldo, can't wait to get back on the page to face Antonio Conte's Inter Milan, who need more than passion to wrestle the Scudetto from the old lady. Lazio are a big part of the title race too and feel they have a bigger chance of toppling the leaders. So join the Toy Sports team, DST and Gold TV for the very best of live Serie commentary till the end of the season culminates. Joy Sports Super Commentary Team, led by George Ado Jr. and Gary Ausmith, will take you there. With passionate game description plus the usual massive interactivity. The coverage of Syria on Joy 99.7 FM is powered by Joy Sports. In partnership with DSTV and GoTV. DSTV, feel every moment. GoTV, live it, love it. Let's go. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr. So thanks for staying with us on The Locker Room. We'll begin though from England and first, the Joy Sports BBC two-way series. I had a great chat with the BBC's John Bennett. Enjoy this. Thanks, John, for a time this weekend. And it was such a great sight to behold as many English Premier League fans down here heave a sigh of relief on the EPL's return on Thursday. First things first, how impressed were you with the organisation of the clubs? Yeah, it's a good question, that, George, because we can't forget how much work has gone into this restart. I think 
the clubs in England, in Italy, and in Spain, and in, in the other leagues that have restarted, they need to, to thank Germany, really, in the Bundesliga. They showed the way with their health and safety protocols. And it is amazing to see what is going on to, to, to keep the players safe, the way they're travelling. I mean, Arsenal, their travel arrangements sounded a bit of a nightmare, to be honest, for the game against Manchester City. The players having to drive themselves to the airport, then they get a meal at the airport, then they have to take a plane and they arrive on the day of the game just a few hours before. They only arrive 90 minutes before kickoff. So, so much goes into it. And then you see what happens in the ground with um, the organisation and just, just, just the fact that there's only 300 people there and you're in different zones. I think the organisation of the clubs in the way they're training as well is impressive. So, a lot of work has gone into this and I, I, everyone will just be relieved when things get back to normal. We don't know, of course, when that will be. But for now, I think the clubs are doing everything they can to, to keep this, this restart going. Because remember, we have to remember, it's a week-to-week -week thing. We're kind of on probation with this. Everyone has to do their bit, be on best behaviour, and hopefully we'll get to the end of the season. It's looking good at the moment. But yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm impressed with the organisation of the clubs. Uh, there was so much talk about innovation to enhance the broadcast experience from huge screens with fans to ambience beneath television pictures. How do you rate the optics on resumption? Well, we just have to accept, don't we, that it, it's different. It sounds different. It looks different. It is very strange. It took me a while to get into it, I have to say, some of the Bundesliga games. When there's no sound, I don't think it matters too much when it's a big game. Bayern Munich against Borussia Dortmund, I really enjoyed hearing the intensity of the players, the, you know, the, the stomping of the feet, the, the powerful challenges. Um, so that's okay when it's a massive game. When it's a more mediocre game, it's a bit more difficult. And I have to say, I didn't think I would be this type of person, but I've actually preferred the games that have the fake sound. You have um, some companies using fake sound from um, the computer games, which I, I think actually it, it, it does kind of make the experience seem a bit more normal. In Spain, they've got the fake virtual crowd, which I don't think really works. I much prefer the cardboard fans. I don't know if you've seen Brissy Munch and Gladbach and their cardboard cutouts. I think that works really well. At Manchester City, uh, last week, they had the um, video wall, which, I, again, I'm not sure worked brilliantly. But listen, we just have to get used to it. And fingers crossed we get to a point where fans can get back into the stadiums as soon as possible. So let's talk about the game straight away. And there was a huge VAR moment when Sheffield were denied a legitimate goal in their game against Aston Villa. Even though Hawkeye has apologised for the error, how concerning is this? Well, it's really concerning because imagine if Sheffield United miss out on a place in the Champions League by two points. That would be uh, such a massive thing for them because they may never get into the Champions League again, Sheffield United. This is kind of a freak season when they've put themselves in, in with a chance of getting into the Champions League. It was ridiculous. I, I don't know why... VAR didn't pick it up. Okay, we can accept that Hawkeye can make a mistake and one mistake in 9,000 games isn't too bad. But why didn't the VAR, why didn't the video assistant referee pick up the fact it was over, over the line? We all saw, whether you're watching in England, whether you're watching in Ghana, anywhere around the world, on our TV screens, we saw the ball was over the line. So why didn't the video assistant referee step in? You can just imagine now, if Aston Villa stay up by a point or a Sheffield United don't get into the Champions League by by a couple of points, then this incident is going to rear its head again and it's going to be talked about and talked about. On the pitch staff, John, and Arsenal choked again. 
in the top six contest with Ateta in charge. Their problems appear to have started with Pablo's injury and the introduction of David Luiz. Is this the end for David Luiz? And were there any positives at all for Arsenal? Well, he was dreadful, wasn't he? I joked on social media, George, that uh, with David Luiz, that it's the first time when he was sent off that I'd seen a team go up to 10 men <laughs> rather than go down to 10 men because he was he was a liability. I, we've seen him have some dreadful performances before. I was in the stadium when Brazil lost 7-1 against Germany. And we've seen in the Premier League, he has some great games, but then every once in a while, probably one in 10 games, he has an absolute shocker. I like him as a person. I, I love the fact he stepped up afterwards to do interviews. I was in the interview room when Brazil lost 7-1 to Germany and he stopped to do interviews, whereas most of the Brazil players, all but three of them didn't. They just walked past and I respect him for stepping up and owning his mistakes. But obviously there, his mind wasn't fully focused on the game. That's why he wasn't in the first 11. I think the contract talks have really distracted him. And it's a big call now as to whether to keep him. I, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, how influential he is, but I would say that Arsenal need to start planning for the future without David Luiz. So we've got some special games to come beginning tonight with Manchester United and Spurs. There's a small matter to settle between John Terry and Lampard when Chelsea face Aston Villa on Sunday. And please add the other must-not-miss games for EPL fans. Yeah, Frank Lampard and John Terry, um, they'll be um, giving themselves fist bumps. It won't be handshakes when they meet uh, this weekend. They do the new elbow handshake, don't they, now that the coaches and managers in the Premier League. It's going to be a good game. I think Aston Villa will need to start picking up points, even in these big games, even in these games against the best teams in the Premier League because they're in serious trouble still in the bottom three. The, the game, obviously, that stands out is the Merseyside derby this weekend. Liverpool so close to ending that 30-year wait for the title. Their fans will be more relieved than any other supporters that the season's restarted. Six more points would secure Jurgen Klopp's side the trophy, so they can move one step closer with a victory in this local derby against Everton at Goodison Park. The race to qualify for the Champions League is going to be a thriller. We've talked about Chelsea, one of the teams battling for fourth spot. Leicester City in a great position in third place. They can give themselves some breathing space from the chasing pack with a victory away to relegation strugglers Watford. Then we've got the relegation scrap, which will keep us entertained, I think, even when the title race is all wrapped up. Brighton, hoping to move clear of the bottom three with a win against the demoralised Arsenal. West Ham have got a really tough run of fixtures. I'm not sure if you've seen their fixtures, George, but it's so tough. They're at home to Wolves. And Bournemouth begin the restart in the bottom three, so no room for error at home to Crystal Palace. And a strange quirk about that fixture, George, could end up being the most watched Premier League game in the history of UK television because it's on BBC One, which is the big um, channel uh, which is free to air in the UK. So that could be the most watched Premier League game in the history of UK television. So a little quirk about Bournemouth against Crystal Palace. So John will be staying with us a little longer on the show because there was big transfer news for Chelsea on Thursday. First from Vanna, drilled into the top. That was a fine strike. That just sudden burst of speed that we all know Timo Werner's got. And he's opened his account for the campaign with an absolute stunner. And here's another opportunity. Oh, 
defence. As Werner breaks away with pace and purpose, away from Dennis Diefmeyer, Asm Sakai, Werner! He is absolutely deadly right now, Timo Werner. And when he got clear, you knew what was coming next. Another goal. Timo Werner, marvellous hit. A rocket from Werner. A goal from nowhere as the leaders back on terms. Leipzig's rocket man delivers an absolute stunner. Special, special player having a special, special season. With a transfer fee, the agent fee, the wages over the course of his five-year deal, the Germany international striker. We're talking Timo Werner. His move from RB Leipzig will cost the Blues in the region of £102.5 million. So what will Chelsea be getting for the investment? The BBC's football reporter John Bennett is here with me and has been following this story so closely. John, thank you very much for the extended time with us in the locker room. And, of course, we know Werner's agents were in talks with Liverpool who made him their transfer target to deepen the options in their three-man attack, rating him higher than Borussia Dortmund's Jadon Sancho, amongst others. Why did that not happen? Well, I think there are various reasons why Liverpool didn't sign Timo Werner. I mean, financially, the coronavirus crisis has had a massive impact on clubs. And it won't just be the impact on Liverpool. I think we'll see it with with other big clubs as well. The likes of Manchester City and Chelsea, slightly different because they have massively rich owners, big benefactors who will pump money into the club. And financial fair play has been suspended for a year. So the likes of Roman Abramovich, Sheikh Mansour can spend. With Liverpool, they're trying to run in a more efficient way. And I think it would have been a lot of money to spend on a player who may not have even started. When you think of it, Liverpool will have one of the best front threes in the world at the moment in Salah, Mane, Firmino. Does Werner get into that front three? He probably would have been eased in. If it had been normal circumstances, he probably would have been eased in during the Africa Cup of Nations in January, February, when Mane and Salah would have been away. That's when he would really have come to the fore. But can you spend that amount of money on a player who will start out as a reserve player? So that is a big reason, I think, why the the move didn't happen. Basically, financial reasons. And it looks as though Liverpool won't sign anyone in this summer, which is a bit of a risk. The likes of Sir Alex Ferguson used to say, you, you buy when you're in a position of strength. Liverpool are in a position of strength now. And if they don't invest, will that be a problem? But you look at their team, they have some... Great players. They have a good squad. The likes of Naby Keita and Minamino, I don't think we've seen the best of yet. So they will come to the fore next season. I don't think we should we should be too worried about Liverpool. So right. And very interesting to John. Chelsea all of a sudden seemed to be extremely quick with the transfer business recently. Sayach, then Timo Werner. What has changed inside Chelsea? Bigger financial muscle or administratively more organised? Yeah, I've been really impressed. I mean, I heard a whisper last season that um, pe- people weren't happy with there with the, the way transfers happen, the structure, who was making the calls. But you have to say it's very impressive to, to sign Ziyech, to, to sign Timo Werner. And of course, Roman Abramovich probably feels this might be a good time to spend because there'll be bargains out there with clubs struggling in the um, coronavirus crisis financially. 
He's got a lot of money he can pump in. Financial fair play won't be a factor over the next year or so. So it's, it's a good time maybe for Chelsea to spend. And Timo Werner is um, going to be a great signing. Hakim Ziyech is a creator of goals, a scorer of goals. It's, it's a great time to be a Chelsea fan. Two brilliant signings and maybe more to come. So now, John, what kind of player have Chelsea backed? Fans have been celebrating their rival and are very expectant. Who is Werner? Well, the stats speak for themselves. 26 goals in 32 league games this season. But he's not just a number nine, George. Chelsea have got themselves a really versatile attacking player. He can play anywhere across the front line. He can play wide, left or right or centrally. Even as a player close to a number 10, dropping off another central striker. So he gives Frank Lampard so many options next season. And the key asset has to be his pace. I've heard him called Turbo Timo. So it's his speed that will really frighten opposition defenders next season. And he can actually link up well with Abraham and, and Giroud as well. So, you know, people are saying that Abraham might, might need to leave. Is there, there are options there for them all to play, particularly if Chelsea can get into the Champions League. It's very exciting for Chelsea fans. He is a fantastic player. You watch out for his pace. How do you see Lampard's attack panning out next season? Fans have been discussing Werner and Abraham's partnership. There's Pulisic, there's Diach, there's Mount, there's Kovacic. How will this new attack look like? Yeah, the options are there. I mean, Werner, I, I'd probably say he might start on the left. Would he start on the left? And then you could have Abraham or Giroud in the centre. And then Ziyech on the right, maybe. Pulisic also fitting in. Mason Mount just behind. It's great options. You need a big squad now in the Premier League, particularly if you're fighting in the Champions League. You need these options. Willian, Pedro won't be there next season. So these are brilliant options for Frank Lampard to have. And the thing with um, Timo Werner, he fits into that useful look of the team. He's only 24, slightly different for Ziyech, who's a little bit older. But Werner fits into the youthful look of the Chelsea team. And they are building something, Chelsea. They, they are going to be very impressive. Whether they can challenge City and Liverpool next season, I'm not so sure. But if they continue to make these really good transfer deals, then the season after that, they, they surely will be will be challenging for the Premier League title. So let's talk about balance. Just by the wonderful attacking talents in, Chelsea's defence at the moment doesn't look overly assuring. What will be advice to Lampard on balancing his team with the next transfer targets? Yeah, balance is crucial. That's what I've been impressed with when it comes to Liverpool. They really balance their signings well. The way that they make the signings is they bring in players to fit into the Jurgen Klopp system. They're Jurgen Klopp players. And perhaps we're seeing that with Chelsea as well. We know that Ziyech will come in and replace the assist that Eden Hazard uh, used to provide when he was at the club before he left for Real Madrid. I feel that Werner will be the first world-class striker that Chelsea have had perhaps since Diego Costa. That's no disrespect to Olivier Giroud and Tammy Abraham. I just think that Werner is a, is a class above and Diego Costa was a class above. So the, the balance will be interesting and it's something that Frank Lampard will have to think about. But at the moment, I don't see these, these two signings creating a lack of balance in the Chelsea team. I think it's all positive. Finally, are there any potential transfers fans of the EPL should know about with regards to the top six? Well, the fact that the restart has happened has kind of taken the eye off the ball of, of transfers. But we have to look out, of course, for Jaden Sancho, who is in 
wonderful form for Borussia Dortmund. Has had a great season. Will he go to Manchester United? That's the big question. And the other player to look out for, I think, from the Bundesliga is Kai Havertz. Uh, by Leverkusen again what a player he is quite versatile uh, in attack can play in a couple of positions so uh, yeah look out for his name there are some bargains to be had because some clubs are really struggling financially in the coronavirus crisis so if you go to France if you perhaps go to Holland as well where the, the leagues have stopped there, there might be some bargains to be had there because the clubs are struggling Financially, so but but for me, Jaden Sancho and Kai Havertz are two players to look out for in the transfer window. Thanks, Sean, for your time, and we wish you all the best. John Bennett is the BBC's football reporter and commentator. And so, what are we to expect this weekend across the major European leagues? Joy Sports Moses Yabua has a wrap. This weekend marks the return of four major European leagues since the suspension of football due to the coronavirus pandemic. Syria is the latest to restart as the race for the Scudetto kicks back to life. Atalanta will host Sassuolo on Sunday and Inter Milan will face Sampdoria with the hope of closing in on second place Lazio who will restart their campaign on Wednesday against a tough opposition in Atalanta. This means champions Juventus with just a point above Lazio will have the chance to stretch their lead over the Eagles when the old lady travel to Bologna on Monday. Lecce will host AC Milan on Monday. In La Liga, the battle for the ultimate is getting pretty much interesting and it could go down to the wire. Real Madrid recorded a 3-0 home win on Thursday, their second win in a row since the restart. And leaders Barcelona know only a win will suffice later today when they travel to Ramon Sanchez Stadium to face third place Sevilla. Two points separate Barcelona and Real Madrid who will face Real Sociedad on Sunday. Atletico Madrid will host Valladolid on Saturday as they chase a top four finish. I call them the pace setters, the Bundesliga. Well, as Bayern Munich have already secured an outstanding eighth successive title with two games to spare, the focus now shifts to who finishes where in the top four. And that battle begins on Saturday when second place Borussia Dortmund with 66 points travel to third place RB Leipzig, who are just three points behind the Raw Valley side. And Eta Berlin hosts fourth place Leverkusen. Bayern will host Freiburg. And in the English Premier League, Tottenham Hotspur's Premier League clash with Manchester United on Friday evening is a restart fixture layered with thick subplot on top of subplot. With Champions League qualification through a fifth place finish possible this season, the showpiece contest in North London could prove a defining moment in the race to secure elite level European football next season. While the game also pits Spurs boss Jose Mourinho against his former club United and his replacement in the dugout Olegona Solskjaer. On Saturday at Amex Stadium, Brighton will look to put further distance between themselves and the Premier League relegation zone when they host Arsenal. Chelsea will begin their quest for European football next season on Sunday when they host Aston Villa and Liverpool could take a step closer to the title with a win against their local rivals Everton in a Merseyside derby. Man City take on Burnley on Monday. Joy Sports Moses here up there. Remember, we have live commentary of the game involving leaders Barcelona and top four chasers Sevilla in La Liga. We'll give you updates as well of the game involving Manchester United and Spurs. And then on Sunday, we have a big one involving Chelsea and Aston Villa with live commentary on the sports arena from 3.15 p.m. 
Footboys back with a bang. Your super station, Joy 99.7 FM. In partnership with DSTV and Go TV, are banging hard to bring you the very best of La Liga Live Radio Commentary. Yes, La Liga Live Radio Commentary. From the 9th of June until Spain's Elite Division culminates. Llorente, he shoots again and scores again. Stay glued and not miss a moment as Lionel Messi leads Barcelona's charge for the title. As Sergio Ramos keeps all Madrid's heads focused and battle ready. And how Thomas Partey's Atletico wrestles the likes of Sevilla and Real Sociedad for Champions League places. Joy Sports Super Commentary Team led by George Ado Jr. and Gary Alsmith will take you there. With passionate game description with massive interactivity. The coverage of La Liga on Joy FM is powered by Joy Sports. In partnership with DSTV and Go TV. DSTV, feel every moment. Go TV, live it, love it. Let's go. Live on radio, live online. This is the locker room with George Addo Jr. Final, a Grand Slam final. Victory for Sofia Cannon of the United States. Team hits the backhand. Nadal with the forehand into the net. Dominic Team slowly raises his arms to the sky. Team comes out on the winning side. I had really the feeling that I was lucky in the right situation. Uh, net court was, was really on my side. Uh, but it's necessary because he's uh, one of the greatest of all time, biggest legends uh, this sport's ever had. So you need some luck to, to beat him. Djokovic is deep and Federer puts the backhand into the net and I'm sure it's a feeling that never grows old for Djokovic an eighth Australian Open final that's a record and now a 26th Grand Slam final so let's do the tennis and the US Tennis Association played its trump card at the very first opportunity at a news conference to confirm the US Open will go ahead in New York this summer Serena Williams popped up on the screen to say she cannot wait to take part the six-time champion who has had the flashing medal surface shipped to her home for practice will be trying once again to tie Margaret Court's record of 24 Grand Slam singles titles. Canadian Bianca Andrescu followed hours later with confirmation that she would defend her US Open title. So the USTA is hoping their confidence will rub off the others. Let's then get a bit of analysis right now. And tennis reporter and commentator of the BBC, Russell Fuller, joins me. Hello, Russell. Thanks for your time. And even before the week started, we were due to hear from the organizers of the U.S. Open in terms of whether they will go ahead, cancel, or what the restrictions will be if they do. The U.S. Open is going to go ahead. It's going to have to be behind closed doors. I think the USTA, the U.S. Tennis Association, made that decision a while ago now. They have been in consultations with the players and in particular with the men's tour, the ATP, and the women's tour, the WTA. Uh, The main reason for wanting to get this event on, other than providing us with tennis and the players with the opportunity to play, is a financial one. They don't have the pandemic insurance that Wimbledon had. And even though they will lose a lot of money playing behind closed doors, they will at least benefit from the revenue provided by broadcasters such as ESPN. I think what will be 
particularly interesting when the announcement is formally made is exactly what format the US Open will be in. What we're expecting is that the event that's normally played in Cincinnati in the middle of August will be moved to New York to Flushing Meadows and played as a warm-up event and that the US Open will then take place without any qualifying which would restrict the field to the top 128 in the world or at least the top 128 players who wish to travel in New York at the end of August. Well, yeah, Russell, at the top end of the rank, Novak Djokovic has been among the most vocal critics of likely restrictions. How many more top players were not interested? Because we know how fluid the situation has been. This is the big gamble for the USTA. Roger Federer out injured, remember. Uh, Djokovic in particular outspoken against the US Open. But Rafa Nadal, Nick Kyrgios, Simona Halep and Ashley Barty have all expressed reservations of their own. I think the biggest stumbling block at the moment is that they've been told they may be limited to just one member of their entourage with them in New York. And sometimes the very top players have a coach, a hitting partner, a physio, a fitness trainer, maybe even a chef before you even count in partner and children. They may also have in the back of their mind that the French Open will be played just two weeks after the US Open finishes. Would Nadal and Djokovic rather concentrate on the clay? Is it really possible to win both those Grand Slams with such a short turnaround in between? But having said all of that, I think one thing we must bear in mind, New York was reporting over 11,000 daily cases of COVID-19 in April. That daily figure is now below 1,000. The US Open is still two and a half months away. A lot of these rules and regulations may not be in place then. And also, if Nadal signs up, isn't Djokovic going to sign on the dotted line too? He doesn't want to let him get even further ahead in the race for the most Grand Slams of all time. Certainly, Russell, plenty of things likely to feed into the decision to play or not to play. However, this week, Serena's trainer Patrick Moratoglu said he wasn't sure he'll be choosing as the one to go with Serena, who prefers to travel with her daughter Alexis Olympia. I don't imagine her being three weeks without her daughter, so she might have a new coach for the US Open. A pinch younger, considering <laughs> our, our, our record in the last Grand Slam finals, her daughter might be more successful than me. <laughs> so Russell, imagine Moratoglu missing out the US Open, conceding his place to Serena's husband, or whoever will be looking after Olympia, whether she's playing or practicing. That's why I think things may well change. And the USTA, I understand, have actually said this to the players. At the moment, we are saying you just have to expect that you can bring one member of your team with you. But ultimately, I think there's a reasonable chance that might change. And also, I'm not sure, can you compel people to stay in a hotel somewhere near John F. Kennedy Airport and not in Manhattan if they choose to stay in Manhattan with their family and uh, the restaurants and the bars and the hotels are open again then? I'm not sure the USTA would be in a position to tell anybody, let alone the big stars of the game, that they can't lead the life they wish to lead. So the US Tennis Association were very much clear in their latest statement, Russell. Even though big names have sounded negative about making the Grand Slam, could there be a change of heart? It is entirely possible. Novak Djokovic is vehemently opposed to taking part at the moment. Uh, Simona Halep is perhaps unlikely to play, but the organisers have received a big boost because in a news conference within the last hour, who should pop up on the big screen in this virtual news conference from Flushing Meadows than the six-time champion Serena Williams, who confirmed mm. that she would be playing. And the rules have changed over the past couple of weeks. The initial health and safety protocols that the US Tennis Association were proposing 
pleasing to the players, have been watered down somewhat. Yes, that might be in response to pressure from players, but perhaps also an indication that the number of new positive cases is decreasing by the day in New York. So we'll see. My hunch is ultimately some of the top players will stay away, but there'll be a pretty good field in New York come August the 31st. So, Russell, what about the lower-ranked players, who, of course, can be at a Grand Slam? How are the ATP and WTA competitions shuttle shaping up? Yes, there will be opportunities for the players on the women's tour from the Palermo Ladies Open on the island of Sicily from Monday, August the 3rd, and the ATP tour will resume in Washington on August the 14th. There will also be Challenger and ITF World Tour events, so events there for lower-ranked players. But many of them who are well outside the top 100, very unhappy that there'll be no qualifying for the US Open, and that means a golden opportunity missed to earn some money, although the USTA do have competition compensation in mind 6.6 million dollars in total which should be passed on to those players who have to miss out in 2020 russell follows the bbc senior tennis commentator and reporter pleasure having you russell live on radio live online this is the locker room with george addo jr Filippo Tortu, Justin Gatlin, Christian Coleman, Akane Sabini, Andre de Grasse, Zarnell Hughes, Johan Blake, Aaron Brown. Saturday, the 28th of September, 2019. This is the men's 100 metre World Championship final. One of these men is 10 seconds away from a piece of sporting history. We are away first time. Coleman got a solid start, but not a spectacular one, but he's into his running now. Gatlin's trying to go with him, but it's going to be Coleman's night here in the night sky of Doha. He's in a class of his own. And at last, at last, Christian Coleman has the title missing from his CV. He's done it. And in a massive, massive time, 9.76 Gatlin got the silver DeGrasse took the bronze it was a great great effort from Justin Gatlin but it was not to be under the most enormous pressure having dominated the sport for three years he finally finally can call himself the world outdoor champion and he will never forget the night that he lit up the sky in Doha Athletics next on the locker room and world 100 meters champion Christian Coleman has been provisionally suspended after missing a third doping test. The American has disputed the third whereabouts failure on 9th December, which has been confirmed by the Athletics Integrity Unit. He claims he was Christmas shopping five minutes away from home and the tester made no effort to contact him. So where is this all heading and does his excuses make any sense at all to the Athletics Integrity Unit so far as they're concerned? More importantly, was the future of the 100 meters champion so far as the Olympics is concerned. Athletics commentator Ed Harry has been following the story closely and joins me now. Pleasure to have you, Ed. So, what exactly has Christian Coleman been saying since the news broke out? 
yeah, let's be clear. Missing three random drug tests in a 12-month period triggers a ban. And most commonly, it's not being where you told the testers you would be on three occasions. More background. In August of last year, Coleman was charged with missing three tests. But the US Anti-Doping Agency withdrew that case after they were found to be in the wrong. It came down to how the rules in place actually measure a 12-month period. This new provisional suspension is again for missing three tests. And Coleman doesn't dispute missing two of those in January and April of 2019. But he alleges what happened on December the 9th last year was a purposeful attempt to get me to miss a test. He's shared the doping control officer's report on his social media. It says they knocked loudly multiple times throughout the one-hour period at his home and they pressed the doorbell, but they couldn't hear whether it actually rang. That report, though, has got the wrong address on it. So were they even in the right place? And if they weren't in the right place, that's a serious question mark as to whether this should stand as a missed test. But then we have this lengthy statement from Coleman in which he says, I was Christmas shopping five minutes away at the mall. And he has receipts and bank statements to prove that's the case. If I'd received a phone call, he continues, I could have taken the drug test and carried on with my night. Now, the doping control officer's report says Coleman wasn't phoned because the officer had been instructed not to call the athlete. Coleman says he always got a call except on this occasion. Let's be very clear, though. The sprinter says he wasn't at home for the whole of the hour. He was at the mall shopping and says he's got receipts and bank statements. Now, he's offering that as proof that he was only five minutes away, but it still isn't where he was supposed to be. Has there been any response from the Athletics Integrity Unit? And realistically, could such a big name miss out the Olympics next year? Well, they won't comment specifically on this case, but they've drawn our attention to their rules. They say athletes are accountable for a missed test if they're not available at that specific location they've chosen for that one-hour period each day. With limited exceptions, testing conducted by the AIU is on a no-advance-notice basis, and instructions not to make any phone call to an athlete are given to their doping control officers. And that's because any advance notice, they say, provides an opportunity for an athlete to engage in improper conduct. When an athlete isn't present, at the location they specify, the doping control officers are instructed to remain there for the full 60 minutes. WADA's and all anti-doping guidelines, the AIU reminds us, make it expressly clear that a phone call to an athlete, that's discretionary, not mandatory. Proof a telephone call was made isn't a requisite element of recording a missed test, nor is the lack of any telephone call giving an athlete necessarily a defence against a missed test. And as to what happens now, there will be a hearing. If he's found to have committed an anti-doping violation, the ban is one to two years. The Olympics would be in doubt for him. The Worlds in 2022 would be in doubt. He could, of course, if a sanction is handed down, go to Cass. Thanks, Ed Harry, for joining us on the show. So remember to stay with us this evening for La Liga commentary. We've got Barcelona versus Sevilla with updates on the Manchester United Spurs game as we go alongside. On Sunday, we've got the Chelsea versus Aston Villa game as well. Do join us for the Sports Arena from 3 p.m. Game, of course, starting at 3.15 p.m. That's all time. will allow us for in the locker room. I'm George Adi Jr. Till we meet next week, be good. Thanks for listening to The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? 
Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Podcasts will be available online at myjoyonline.com in 30 minutes. This production was powered by Joy Sports and supported by the BBC World Service. Sarri's Juventus, marshaled by Cristiano Ronaldo. Joy, 99.7 FM. Only God can stop us now.
join this and every Sunday at 4.30 p.m. and other educational programs on joy learning. Test the JL to short code 947 and receive the SMS alert for only 15 passwords. Joy learning. Keep learning.
love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 